Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, April 14th. Coming up today. An arrest in the Pentagon leak raises new questions about America's secrets. President Biden wraps up his Irish tour with 2024 in mind. Bank earnings begin with J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup and Wells Fargo all reporting. And retail sales cap off a busy week of economic data. SUNY drops the SAT. Donald Trump deposed in New York for nearly seven hours. I'm John Tucker. Those stories straight ahead. And I'm Dan Schwartzman. The Yankees get trounced by the Twins in the Bronx. I'll have that more coming up in sports. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with major developments in the classified Pentagon leak. A 21-year-old airman is under arrest, and now the U.S. government is in an awkward position. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Jack Teixeira is classified as a cyber transport system journeyman. Education requirement, high school degree, driver's license, up to 18 months of on-job training. How did he have access to the documents? Pentagon spokesman Brigadier General Pat Ryder. This was a deliberate criminal act, a violation of those guidelines. And White House spokeswoman Karine Jean-Pierre. The Department of Defense has said they have taken steps to further uh, restrict access to uh, sensitive information. It will be interesting to gauge international response in the coming days. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. Well, the document leak has overshadowed President Biden's trip to Ireland. The White House says the president has been briefed on it as he stays focused on his Irish heritage. If you forgive the poor attempted Irish, Tamasha Walia, I'm at home. I'm at home. The president addressed the Irish Parliament in Dublin yesterday, then took part in a banquet dinner with Prime Minister Leo Varadkar. Brian said the U.S. will work with Ireland to promote shared values. Especially as we mark the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreements this week. Above all, we remember the vital and, and uh, ceaseless work of strengthening democracy to deliver progress for our people everywhere. And on this final day of his visit, President Biden will speak at a cathedral in County Mayo. It's made of bricks sold by a distant relative. Let's turn to the markets now, Karen. The economy and interest rates have been in focus all this week. Today, we get our first snapshot at bank earnings since the recent turmoil. We get more from Bloomberg Global Finance correspondent Shanali Basak. There are a lot of questions for J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, and Wells Fargo for how much they bought in in deposits during this big move away from the regional banks in the first quarter of this year. PNC is also reporting today, so investors will have questions on whether there's a credit crunch and whether regional banks have the propensity to lend to the economy when the economy looks like it's getting tough. We'll be watching for provisions for loan losses to see if the banks are preparing for tougher times ahead, and we'll be watching for their economic commentary as well. 
And Bloomberg's Shanali Basic says look for J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo earnings around 7 a.m. Wall Street time. Citigroup reports at 8. Well, one of the stocks hit hardest during the banking turmoil, Nathan, may be under more pressure today. A top investor has exited his entire position in Charles Schwab. The Financial Times is reporting Rajiv Jain's GQG partner sold its entire $1.4 billion stake during last month's turmoil, and Schwab's shares have lost nearly a third of their value since March. Well, after a pair of key inflation reports this week, Karen, we wrap up the week with the March reading on retail sales. Economists are forecasting a decline of four-tenths of a percent. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. March malaise, the analysts are calling it, an expected drop in retail sales last month as consumer sentiment turned sour and tax refunds fell $25 billion in March compared with the same month a year ago. Banks have reported falling credit card receipts and stores report slower sales. Auto sales also dropped during the month. The Fed and Global Wall Street have been anxiously watching consumer spending for signs the economy is slowing down. If the sales numbers prove that out, then the question flips to how much and how fast it's slowing and whether the Fed needs to raise interest rates again. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. Well, global stocks are heading for their highest close in 10 weeks ahead of the retail sales report and bank earnings. But despite the recent rally, one of Wall Street's biggest bears remains bearish in the short term. Mike Wilson of Morgan Stanley says the S&P 500 is heading lower. We put those targets of 3,000 3,300 for a trough for this cycle in May of last year. Okay, so that that, that has not changed. And, and but, we, you know, calling the, the price and the time, I mean, it's hard enough to get one right. To get both right, I think, is tricky. So we've been wrong on the timing for sure. But it doesn't change our view that that, that low end of the range, that path to 3,900, we think, still goes through kind of low 3,000s ultimately. And that 3900 price target for Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson is about 6% below yesterday's close for the S&P. Well, we're learning more about a meeting in Washington this week, Karen, between Fed Chair Jay Powell and People's Bank of China Governor Yi Gong. Amy Morris has that from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. They met on Tuesday during the World Bank and IMF spring meetings, and while the PBOC did not provide much detail, it did say that Yi and Powell discussed the economic and financial situations in the world's two largest economies. It was their first one-on-one talk since 2020 when Powell spoke with Yi for 17 minutes by phone. Their last in-person meeting was in 2019. Unable to meet in person since then, in part because China had imposed strict border restrictions to contain the spread of COVID. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris. Bloomberg Daybreak. Amy, thank you. And shares of Boeing down 4.5% in early trading. Let's find out why with Bloomberg Steve Rappaport. Steve. Karen, Nathan, the aircraft maker says it's pausing deliveries of some MAX jets because of a problem involving fittings that attach the plane's vertical tail to the rear end of the fuselage. The MAX jets were grounded worldwide in 2019 after a pair of deadly crashes. The company this week reported a surge in quarterly deliveries, outpacing rival Airbus for the first time in nearly five years. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Steve. This is is Bloomberg. 71 degrees in New York. One more warm day before the weekend. We'll get up to the low 80s today and get down to around 60 tonight. Let's take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. And good morning to you, Nathan. The State University of New York dropping SAT test requirements. Let's find out more in this report with Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. 
John Sunni's board has unanimously voted to do away with the admissions requirement for the SAT and the ACT. And this goes for its dozens of campuses throughout the state. The requirement had already been temporarily suspended during the pandemic. And the National Center for Fair and Open Testing says about 80 percent of U.S. colleges and universities were already test optional for undergrads last fall. Sunni's enrollment has been shrinking and fewer high school students have been taking the standardized test, particularly among historically underrepresented students. John. Our Bloomberg Studies Pellegrini, former President Donald Trump defending his real estate business during a seven-hour deposition with New York Attorney General Letitia James. He defied expectations that he would plead his Fifth Amendment right. James sued Trump, three of his kids, and his company in September for $250 million, allegedly the inflated the value of his assets for years. New York's overdue state budget being held up by legislative leaders wrangling with Governor Hochul over her proposal to toughen pre-trial detention policies. That story in this report from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It is the second consecutive year that Hochul has slipped changes to bail policies into negotiations with fellow Democrats over the state's more than $220 billion budget. The spending plan was due April 1st, and lawmakers have passed two extensions that will keep the government functioning through April 17th, but it is unclear when a deal might be reached. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. ProPublica reporting Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and relatives sold three Georgia properties that include Thomas's boyhood home to GOP mega-donor Harlan Crow in 2014. It marks the first known instance where money flowed to the high court justice from the same Texas real estate magnate who's provided him with lavish trips around the world. The Republican-dominated Florida legislature on Thursday approved a ban on abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. A proposal signed into law later in the day by GOP Governor Ron DeSantis as he prepares for an expected presidential run. The six-week ban will take effect only if the state's current 15-week ban is upheld in an ongoing legal challenge that is before the state's Supreme Court. At Meta, planning to invite teenagers and young adults to join its Metaverse app in the coming months, but dozens of advocacy organizations and kids' safety experts have signed a letter sent to Meta's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, asking him to terminate the plans. They argue minors will face harassment and privacy violations. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, John. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update. For that, we bring in Dan Schwartzman. Good morning, Nathan. The Yankees opening up a four-game series in the Bronx versus Minnesota as the Twins dominated. High drive into center field and deep. Going back, Judge. He's on the track. He's at the wall. That's courtesy of the Yes Network. Minnesota hitting four total home runs in the 11-2 win. Game two is tonight as it'll be Nestor Cortez on the hill for New York versus Tyler Malley for the Twins. Mets open up a 10-game West Coast swing at Oakland after an off day with Kodai Senga on the hill versus James Caprellian. It is the Nets and Knicks getting their playoffs underway on Saturday. Brooklyn on the road at the Philadelphia 76ers. Tip-off is at 1 p.m. Knicks playing game one of their opening round of the playoffs in Cleveland versus the Cavaliers. Tip-off scheduled for 6 p.m. Cavs are the four seed in the East, the Knicks being the five seed. Rangers losing their regular season finale 3-2 at home to the Toronto Maple Leafs as Toronto scores three times in the third period. 
Meanwhile, the Devils coming back from a 4-2 third-period deficit to knock off the Washington Capitals in overtime, 5-4. Luke Hughes scoring the winner, his first career NHL goal. New Jersey capping off their regular season with the most wins and points in franchise history. The Devils and Rangers will be meeting in the first round of the playoffs. I'm Dan Schwartzman with Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. A 21-year-old member of the Air National Guard is due to appear in court today to answer for one of the biggest leaks of U.S. intelligence since Edward Snowden. The arrest of a junior-level Defense Department employee in the Pentagon leak is raising serious questions about the security of America's secrets and putting the U.S. government in a very awkward position to try to answer them. For more, we're joined by Bloomberg News Executive Editor for International Government, Rosalind Matheson. Roz, good morning. First off, what more do we know about this suspect, Jack Tashira? Well, not a lot. As you say, he's a very, he's a young man and having a fairly junior position. Um, but however, he had access to the, one of the highest classifications that involved extensive vetting. He had access to very, very top level information that he was seemingly sharing with his friends to try and get more friends. It doesn't appear that he was doing this out of any effort to sort of cultivate relationships with other countries or to go against the US government. It was simply because he thought it would make him look cool with his friends. Um, and so he was sharing very, very sensitive information with them on, on different platforms. And, and, and quite a lot of it, it seems, it turns out, even more of it is still coming out now. So we'll know more, of course, as time goes on. Um, we've had a very quick arraignment. Obviously, he's going to um, appear in court very soon. Um, and, and, and we'll find out more at that point. But it does seem that there was no great malign att- intent here, aside from just simply, oh, I've got access to a lot of very, very interesting high-level information. And I want to tell my friends about it. Well, and that raises the obvious question of who else could have that same kind of access and who else could have an even more malign motivation to put it out there. 
Well, that's right, because what we know is as of October 2019, about 3 million people had permission to access classified documents in the US. Of course, there were real efforts after the September 11 attacks to sort of share intelligence much more widely, classified documents within the US and beyond. And again, in the run-up to the Russia's invasion of Ukraine, you saw widespread sharing of intelligence and classified information quite publicly to some extent by the US and other Western allies to sort of warn Russia against invading, saying we can see what you're doing and we know what your intent is. And so it's become, in a way, more normalised to have some of this information floating around in the public domain. But the fact that at least 3 million people as of October 2019, potentially much more now since the war has been going on, have access to these documents. The question is, do any of those have uh, different kinds of intentions, perhaps, to share that information with other countries, with figures in other countries, and not just with their friends? Well, even if this uh, relative... uh spread of access could be normalized. We have seen a pretty fierce reaction already, even before the arrest from uh, South Korean opposition leaders, as well as uh, Ukraine, saying that uh, Russia could be a beneficiary of some of these disclosures. What further international fallout could we see now that we do have an arrest in this case? Well, it's interesting because you do see some public airing of disquiet, but it's also a bit muted. Uh, Publicly, they don't really want to call out the US too heavily. The reality is that pretty much every country spies on every other country and they spy on each other, even if they're allies. They just don't want it to become known publicly and to this extent. Um, So they're being a little bit quiet publicly about it. But behind the scenes, from what we hear, there are lots of phone calls going on into Washington saying, hey, if we're sharing our intelligence with you, be it through the Five Eyes Intelligence Network or whatever, uh, we we kind of want that information to stay safe and it's clearly concerning that it doesn't seem to be safe if it's shared with the US and that's kind of the, the concerns that are being aired and they don't want their own dirty linen uh, to become public, they don't want the extent of their own actions to become public and certainly they don't want anything that might benefit Russia as you say in its war in Ukraine so certainly behind the scenes those conversations are going on and possibly sort of forcing yet another reassessment in the US of how classified information is handled. Are these conversations making for further difficulties for President Biden as he's, uh, you know, trying to tap into his heritage and uh, have sort of a celebratory mood as he continues to make his way through Ireland? Well, it's interesting because, of course, he met with the UK Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, who, you know, the UK is part of that Five Eyes intelligence sharing network uh, publicly again. It was all warmth and smiles and, you know, saying they didn't really discuss it that much in private either. But we do know from our own sources, as we reported, that there have been conversations that have gone on. But obviously for the US president, he wants this trip to go well. He wants to tout his Irish roots. He also, by the way, has some English roots also. Um, Mm -hmm. But he wants to sort of show that kind of stoic, determined Irish heritage as he gears up for a re-election bid expected for for next year. And obviously to say that he's got the fight of the Irish in him, um, you know, given his age, given given everything else and his, his sort of like tendency towards gaffes and other things to show that he's really capable and ready to step it up for the campaign. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast-to-coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager.
And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.